With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're coming. Hey everybody, welcome. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. Thank you so much for joining me on our show today. It's Tuesday, November 7th, November 5th. That's incredible. It can't be. <laughs> I keep saying this. We, we, we are beyond the last quarter of the year. We're less than or maybe just about 45 days, 50 days to the end of 2019, and I don't know about you, but what will you have to show for it, (laughs) right? So if I were you, I'd hasten to the finish line to make sure that you're actually able to show something for it, right? Quite the thing. Today we're going to talk about the story that I know that is trending across your timeline. It's about the nine family members of the Mormon church they're actually, they're a polygamous sect. So I, I will get into the specifics, but they were, the reports are that nine family members of one family were killed in northern Mexico, right on the U.S.-Mexico border, but the incident took place inside of Mexico. And I don't know if when they were traveling, did they look like Mormons, or did they just look like regular people? And most of those folks who were killed were children. And I think it's shocking for us because this really happens on this side. And, you know, I want to put the intersection of the correlation to, is there an attack on faith? Are people of faith being attacked? If you look like a Mormon, are they just going to shoot you? If you look like a Christian, are they going to shoot you? If you look like you're Islamic, are they going to shoot you? Because somebody disagrees with your opinion. We really don't know what caused the attack. But my conversation centers around why were they attacked in the first place? We don't really know. I mean, it's northern Mexico. Mexico is a beautiful country, but it's also a country divided by gang violence, divided by wars, divided by drug violence. And maybe these folks were caught in the crosshairs between uh, rival uh, drug cartels, whatever it is. But if they look like they were just folk going on about their business. Do you still kill them? I mean, it happens every day. You know, this, this kind of thing just can't continue to happen. Is there an attack on faith? And I wanted to bring in the attack on, on folks who are Islamic. There is an Islamic representative in Congress, Ilhan Onan from Minnesota. Everybody knows about her. She's... Uh, <laughs> No, I'm not available, but I wish you well looking for a wife. Somebody is asking they're looking for a wife. Am I available? No, but thank you for considering me, though. There are plenty of folks, I'm sure, who would want to be your wife. Uh, But we have to look at it from the perspective that what is going on in the world today? You know, what is going on? Why is there an attack? Seemingly there's an attack on faith. In California, for instance, as much as I love California and California, the governor did pass a law banning the Bible and declaring the Bible a book filled with hate speech. 
I'm not going to support that. That is that that is a cacophony of sound. That's that's that, that, that's not right. This country was founded on Christian beliefs. It was pastors who started the movement to bring independence uh, to make America not a colony. What gives now? 200 years later, I understand we have evolved, but to clear declare the Bible a book of hate speech. Because the Bible says something you don't like about what you like, about one thing that you like. Not happening. You know, is there an attack on faith? Should people be free to express their faith? Now, I don't know what is happening in Mexico. I don't know that what they're doing with religious people. I used to think Mexico was a deeply religious country. I mean, they're very Catholic. They're very, the Mexicans I have met are very devout Christians who go to church there you know, family-oriented folks who support their families, work for their families. Work, and when I say work, they work really hard. A dollar is a dollar for them. They'll, you know, they work really hard, scrubbing toilets, doing all kinds of stuff, sending their kids to school and stuff like that. So I want to know, why is there an attack on faith? And it seems to be across the board. It seems as if we can't have a healthy discourse on what we like. It seems we can't have a healthy discourse on whatever we don't like. If if I disagree with you, and if you disagree with me, then immediately you want to shut me down just because we disagree. Where is the democracy in that? Where is the healthy discourse that we are supposed to engage with one another, and at the end of the day, we should be able to go to the coffee shop and say, hey, let's have a cup of coffee. Where did that go? Did, did that just go out the window? Do we not believe in that anymore? And this is troubling because it is highlighting a problem of non-tolerance. You know, the, there are folks who say, well, the society isn't tolerant enough because it doesn't accept my sexual identity or it doesn't accept what I prefer to be called as. But by the same token, there's another group of people who don't seem to tolerate and who, for whom, who just don't seem to tolerate religious freedom, that people are free to express and worship the way they choose to. Whether your form of religion is wearing uh, a cap, the religious headdress of the Jews, or whether it's the religious headdress of the Muslims, or for us Christians, we just show up wearing a, you know, just show up wearing some clothes or something. Even if we show up wearing a hoodie or something on a Sunday morning, where, where is the tolerance? Where is the acceptance that people are free to express their religious belief and practices the way they want to? This is in no way supporting the Mormon church. I'm not a Mormon. I don't think anybody could ever say that. Neither do I support some of the things that they believe. I mean, the, the Mormon church issued a statement saying they don't know these people are not direct members of their church. They're members of a polygamous sect that evolved out of the Mormon church, but they're not directly members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But at the same time, whatever ways in which people choose to express their religious liberty, why are we less tolerant of that? Why has that become an issue in our discourse? It seems to me that the more we remove the tolerances for people's individual expression is the less tolerant we have become of each other. I mean, look at it this way. I have different political views than you do. 
does that mean I don't tolerate you or I don't accept you? You have different political views than I do. You have different religious expression. You may never even think of being a Christian. Maybe the way you grew up, Christians were shrouded in mystery and myth and, you know, the practices that you grew up seeing were fundamentalist and traditional and oppressive and repressive. Most religions tend to be viewed that way and tend to be executed and practiced that way because they evolved out of a different time. Do you see what I'm saying? Most religious practices come from a different time when the world was an entirely different place. I think we need to wake up to the fact that the world has changed from what it used to be. We tend to think that the world is the same as it was when the New King James Version was translated in 1611. 1611 is 500 years ago. The world is not the same. 400 years later, the world is not the same. Do you see what I'm saying? And because of that, because of the evolution that has taken place culturally and socially and in our civilization as we have advanced to post-modernism, modernism, we tend to forget that the religious practices that we adhere to somehow do not represent our modernistic views and our modernistic ways of life. That is the intersection that is taking place. We don't understand it, so we don't accept it. And what we can't understand, we tend to dismiss, simply because we can't understand it or try to extrapolate what is good or what isn't. But in our modernistic ways of thinking, most of our religious practices appear to be ancient, and they are. Because they appear to, they were practiced when the world was different, when people spoke differently, people believed differently, and the world was not as wide open a society as it is today. The world today is wide open. We are exposed to different ways of thinking. Now, religious scholars, especially Christian religious scholars, will tell you things like it's the advancing of times. They'll tell you that based on what the Bible says, these things were long predicted. And the Bible does say that. The scriptures do say that. But at the same time, we're living in a postmodernistic culture where modernism is a very different practice. Do you see what I'm saying? So, And maybe religious leaders, in sticking to the fundamentals and sticking to the traditions, have not expressed it in ways that you and I can relate to. So we don't dismiss people with their, and think they're peculiar just because their way of thinking does not coincide with our way of thinking. Do you see what I'm saying? And that, in essence, is the problem, right? And so we have this postmodernistic culture. And I'm focused here on the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world. Yeah? So right now we're talking about right here in the U.S. That has, is hitting up on ancient religious practices that people have accepted over time as an expression of their faith. And the thing to do is to look at it and accept it, that even people who are scholarly and even people who are wide open in their viewpoints are still going to accept those religious practices as part of what they believe is an expression of their faith. Now, when it comes to uh, certain 
practices that people ascribe to Christianity, like polygamy and uh, having sex with children, those people are just looking for something to excuse their peculiar habits and their wrong ways of thinking. Those things do not coincide. Those things exist. But what people do, that's why we call them cults, because they exist outside of the mainstream. But even within those sects, whilst we apply the law to it, and we, we can't rationalize it because it is wrong on every level, there is still a measure in all of us that says, if you really sit there and believe that, then more power to you. But does that mean that you're going to kill people? I mean, the Islamophobia that we're seeing in the society right now against Ilhan Onan is crazy. That is going to go somewhere. Similarly, I am concerned that as a Christian, when I walk into certain environments and when I speak, are you going to throw acid in my face? Are you going to throw stuff at me because you don't agree with what I say? We got to think about that. Do you see what I'm saying? We got we got to think about that. Now, I don't know what happened in northern Mexico. And I'm not saying Mexico is not a good place to visit because there are parts of the world where we probably all of us, there are even some parts of this country where you have to you go to certain places, you know, you take precautions because you don't you're not familiar with the territory and so on. But still, when you hear a particular group of people of one sect were attacked, you have to start thinking, was this targeted? And what it highlights to me is that culturally we have come to this intersection. Eleven years ago, Barack Obama was elected on a Tuesday, and the first time. And he gave a speech in which he said, change has come to America. I think he might have been a prophet because change has indeed come. And I think in a lot of ways what we're experiencing is that change. What we're experiencing is a measure, is a merging of the culture, is the culture facing chaos and erupting because the way that it used to do things has irrevocably changed and it can't go back. And so because it can't go back, there are people who are trying to pull it back into what it was, and it's not fitting, because we all have to advance and move on. Make no mistake about it. In 1611, the world was a different place, right? We didn't have the internet, definitely. didn't have telephones. I don't think they had submarines yet. They had vessels that could, you know, sail on the seas, you know. But the world was a different place. The way people thought was very different than now. I was reading something on the internet last night, and they were saying uh, in the article, they said that people like to make fun of how medieval people lived, right? And people like to watch memes and so on and say, oh, look at how silly people were 400 years ago, 200 years ago, and so on. And, and the person who was writing it said, if you had lived then, you have no idea what people were facing back then. And they were limited in scope based on advances in technology and what they were exposed to. Isn't that the truth? So in hindsight, it's 2020. So you're looking back and you're saying you could have done it this way, you could have done it that way. Good for you. But at the moment in time, that's the best that they had access to. Well, we're different today. 
we are more learned today. Anything you want to learn about, you can type it in Google. Google is the professor of us all. Google is not just our doctor. Google is our lawyer. Google is our public defender. It's the attorney. It's the attorney general. It's the prosecutor. Google is doctor, diagnoser, social commentator, right? Google has everything. So if you want to learn about religious practices anywhere in the world, you can read any article. It's all there. So there is no reason for us. When, you, when I encounter people who come from different lands, for some reason people seem to be drawn to me. I don't know why, <laughs> right? And so people who come from different parts of the world seem to come to me, right? And I embrace everybody. I like to learn what they do. Sometimes people have very different religious practices. For instance, most of us, as women, we go to get our manicures and pedicures, right? Okay, well, a lot of the places we go to get manicures and pedicures done, they're not Christian. They don't practice Christian religious beliefs. I have gone in early in the mor- early in the mornings when they're just opening, and I have seen people with a statue of Buddha, and they have placed coins at the statue of Buddha. And when I ask, this is that's a form of their religion. I don't scoff at it. I don't make fun of it. I stand back and I respect it. I have gone into other people's establishments who are Muslim or who practice Islam. And when it's time for prayer, they get a, a sound on their phone, like a general roll call to prayer that is worldwide. And they get their prayer cloth and go down on their knees and face the east. I don't scoff at it. I don't make fun of it. I don't deride it and think I'm some superior human being. I respect it. Because oftentimes the people who are practicing this, they come from a wide cross-section of the society. They're lawyers, they're doctors, they're professors, they're engineers, they're business owners. So religion has nothing to do with what your occupation is. The practice of your religious belief is how people express themselves. It's just another form of their spiritual enrichment or expression. It's what they choose to. I think we need to come to that space when we accept that and not judge people based on what they choose to. There's some parts of Christianity that I don't ascribe to. I don't like fundamentalism. I don't like the practice of it. I don't like it deriding women or because you disagree with someone politically, then you're going to call them all sorts of names. I don't like that, and I don't agree with that, right? I don't like the divisiveness that comes with fundamentalism, because I think fundamentalism, in essence, divides people. It's not healthy. That's not how Christianity was supposed to be purveyed. It was supposed to be a unifier of people, no matter where in the world you come from. There are commonalities. That we're all one God, we're all one people, one all God's people, no matter how different we look on the outside. This is why being human is so unique, because no matter how different you look on the outside, you are the same being on the inside. And I think there are some people for whom that is a concept they can never relate to. There are some people who believe or who have some precocious, peculiar belief system that dictate that people cannot be different, that the people should look the same, and that if you don't, then something is wrong. What they fail to understand is that we have evolved from that kind of thinking. 
that kind of thinking is what perpetuated slavery and the enslavement of other people. That thinking does not resound today because it's not sound. It wasn't sound back then as a form of business practice. You know why the South failed? The South didn't fail because they didn't have the manpower. They had millions of people whom they enslaved. The South failed because they did not have a business plan. They did not have an exit strategy that there would come a time when slavery would no longer be well received. That as people were more traveled and more exposed, people would begin to tear down slavery. The South never thought into the future. They thought only of the now that this would perpetuate. They never looked into the future, that it would never to be never happen. That's why the South fell as a system of economics. Much to their chagrin, and still 150, 170, 200 years later, they're still decrying the fall of the South. But it was never sound business practice. Do you see what I'm saying? Over time, people change and evolve. And as they change and evolve, they incorporate their new beliefs into their religious and cultural practices. And what that tells all of us is that we are experiencing a massive change. And we've got to go right along with it. It it doesn't matter. It's not going to wait on you or I. Whether we agree with it or not, it's not the issue. You don't have to agree with it. It's still happening. And it's going to happen. The reason, I, I sat with some pastors recently, some Christian pastors. And we were talking about, if this is not just happening in Detroit, much to their chagrin, if this is happening nationwide, people are literally just not going to church. And I'm like, because we've never changed. I said that we never changed. When the world was changing around us, we never changed. We stuck to the same traditions and the same ways of doing things and the same beliefs. And now you are rendered incapacitated and irrelevant. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm using this that happened in Mexico as a basis to express how intolerant we have become of other people's religious beliefs. Regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, I respect your faith. I kid you not. Like I told you, I go into people's establishments or whatever is going along. I respect it. I don't have to agree with it. Respecting it and accepting it does not mean I have to agree with it. I give it the credence that these group of people, these group of human beings, this is what they believe. Is it hurting anybody? No. That's the key. If your practice of your religious system involves hurting people, then you need to re-examine it. But if all you're doing is carrying it out and practicing it based on what you believe, and you're not hurting children, you're not killing people, then what's the problem? The issue is when people take some parts of religion and incorporate it into some cultural propaganda and create a movement that hurts people on the basis of using religion as their base, that's the problem. That's where the problem lies. The problem is not in your religious practice. The problem is trying to make your religious practice the mainstream of your belief system, which is that some people, like during Hitler and during Nazism, they believed that Jews were bad and everybody else was bad. So they were going to kill all the Jews and leave only white people. 
and they came up with this notion of pure white. Hitler was a hypocrite, y'all. Did y'all know that Hitler's mother was Jew? Was 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 a Jew? Did y'all know that? So the very architect of the Nazi movement was a liar in the first place. He was angry that he had been abandoned by his father because his mother was a Jew. That's all. So he decided to exterminate all Jews and used a lie to believe, to establish his program. And a hundred, almost 100 years later, people still buying into that foolishness. Let me read what somebody is saying. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Do you see what I'm saying? We have to evolve. That was what Hitler believed 100 years ago. Maybe it was an idea that was suited to his time. It was a wrong message then, and it's still wrong today. But today, 100 years later, we've got to learn to accept people where they are. Now, we're not talking about accepting serial killers, so don't go there. We're not talking about accepting pedophiles. You all know what I stand for. People who beat up their women, lock people in, 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 lock up women and children in cages, and forcefully have sex with people, violate children or who are underage. No, that is not religion. There's no, that's not a religious practice. That's people taking their own cultural phenomena and inscribing and inserting it into a form of religion and saying, this is what I believe in my, and, and use the law the creation of a society to establish a belief and claim religious exemption under the law to say they can live and, and, and live this way. That's why we call them cults. Remember Jim Jones? People actually believe that diatribe. That was pure junk. They believed it so much they drank the Kool-Aid. The man told them the end times had come. The whole world was moving forward. And the man told a group of people the end times had come, and they followed him into the jungles of Guyana and drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? You see how dangerous that is? That was a cult. That was not Christianity. That was a cult. Learn to divide and discern the truth for yourself. If somebody is coming to proselytize you, Right? And to convert you or share with you their faith. It's just like if somebody is coming to sell you a pyramid scheme, uh, you, you know, one of those uh, multi level marketing practices. Don't you go do some research on it before you sign up for it? You listen to the spiel and you say, let me get back to you. In the meantime, you go check it out to see if it's something you want to participate in, right? Well, it's the same thing with religion. So if, if somebody comes and they're proselytizing you, and they're trying to convert you or express something to convert you. Don't you go and see what other people's experiences are. We live in a modern age. This is not the, 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 the hidden age of the 1950s and 40s and 30s and 20s when information was not widely available. This is the modern age. You have the opportunity. And because we live in America, we have free Internet. When I say free, you can go to the Internet anytime. In most other countries, you have to pay for blocks of the Internet. Right? So you have access to the Internet. So you can literally go on the Internet and go do some research to see if this is going to line up that they're trying to sell you. This is going to line up with your own belief system. Every one of us is an individual. We each have our individual beliefs. That's why I could not live under a system like communism or some sort of fascism, some sort of belief system that's just going to, you have to believe what the whole, you know, the whole movement believes. 
I, I, I can't subscribe to that because I'm an individual with my own set of beliefs. And the last time I checked, that's what this country was based on. We've got to learn to do that. The times have changed, my friends. It's a different time and it's a different season. And we've got to move with the church. I don't agree with polygamy. Right? My friend Sean, uh, is it, is it, hey, Raven, I don't agree with polygamy. I don't believe in polygamy. But somebody else is practicing it. As long as they're not hurting people, as long as they're not violating and having sex with children, as long as they're not killing people, that's their practice. I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I'm not going to vilify them and burn their vehicle up and kill children. Do you see my point? We have to become a little bit more tolerant. We have to become a little bit more accepting. Where did that go? The sexual revolution of the 1960s, maybe we have forgotten something about it. People were trying to extricate themselves out of oppressive religious thought. You know what was happening? It was a change that was coming. And people were reacting to the change. And the church stayed in its corner, the Christian church, and stayed in its corner and did not evolve. The same practices that they've been practicing for 400 years, 500 years, they did not evolve. People began to find them irrelevant with their ways of thinking. We've got to learn to change. The Bible even speaks of this change. The prophet Isaiah. I'll get back to that. The prophet Isaiah. Behold, I do a new thing. Shall it speaking of itself. If that's not I don't know what is. Then further in the Bible in the New Testament that talks about the life of Jesus, Jesus himself said, I have come to bring change, to set the captives free. He's trying to tell people, he was trying to tell people, you need to change your way of thinking from the old thoughts that have condemned people and have minimized people. And you've got to change. That's all. It's changing the way you think. It's just like homosexual, transgender people. I don't agree with it. But do I accept it? It's how they choose to express themselves. Now, don't don't try to tell me that I need to be transgender and I need to be, and some of the descriptions fail me. Like, I don't know. That's how they want to be. That's how they want to live. That's their body. They're twisting their bodies into whatever forms of expression that they want to do. So some guy wants to put on woman's clothes and act like he's a woman. I'm like, what does that have to do with me? (laughs) He's not putting on my clothes or putting on my body or my hair or my makeup. Do I have to agree with it? But that's how someone else chooses to act. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, there are some things I, as a public person, I'm going to speak out on. For instance, I don't like the fact that the governor of California says that the Bible is a book filled with hate speech. I don't agree with him on that. But that's what he said. That's not. That's what he said. I accept it. I'm not going to go raise up a standard and no and carry on. We need to become more tolerant. And I can see... <laughs> 
because we have we've become so intolerant. You know, we're still confining ourselves. It's almost as if we fear change. We fear change. So because we fear change, you 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 kind of stick with it. And I'm like, are you a parent? Like, are you, are, did you do you have children today? Like, I fear change. I have two children. They're ten years apart. When one was growing up, Facebook was a thing on Twitter. By the time the other one is growing up, it's Snapchat. Snapchat is the biggest human trafficking recruitment tool ever, where children are impressed with the idea that they can post something in real time, they can post a video in real time with their friends, blah, 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 blah. And you have weird people, pedophiles, and so on, on Snapchat recruiting children. We live in a different time. And as a parent, what do you do? So you can say, no internet. But then they text their friend and tell their friend to share a screen with them. There are app sharing services. services. Yes. Do you see how you as a parent have very little control? So what do you do? You adapt. You place boundaries on how much time they use the service. Because telling them they can't, when they go to school and mix with their friends, that's what they're going to do. What are you going to do? Lock them up in a, in, in a high tower? <laughs> that's not, that never worked, and it's not going to work. I have a daughter who is about to go to college. You think I'm going to hide her? I am telling her everything that I know. I have to prepare her. So when she goes out, she's not like, oh, my God. No, I tell her everything I know. Do you see what I'm saying? We need to become more. Now, the story is going to change as the story develops. Because somebody is not going to want to say that they killed a group of innocent children. Somebody is going to say that this was not about uh, uh, people doing whatever. But something is something, right? Do you see what I'm saying? We got to. We got to become a little bit more tolerant. We got to become a little bit more accepting of what people look like. Everybody, this is not cookie cutter anymore. We got to change. Let's say, I'm going to take the state of Michigan. Michigan could be cut in half how different we are. There is southern, southeastern Michigan which is a melting pot of people from all over the world. Name a country in the world. There's a representative of that country right here in Southeast Michigan. We're a cultural, diverse melting pot. We're a microcosm of what the United States is going to look like in a few years. Go to L.A., same thing. Go to New York, southern New York. But if you cut Michigan in half and go further north, People still look the same like they did 100 years ago. Guess what? Change has come. So what are those folks going to do? They can always stay there, but they're going to not be part of the change. So eventually, their cultures and their ways of life are going to die out because their children are not going to stay the same. Their children, through exposure to the Internet, are going to travel and incorporate and assimilate. What is that word again? Assimilate. Anybody knows that? 
we, you have to be forward thinking. Where have we lost that? Where have we not become accepting and tolerant of other people and other people's religious practice? When did we become, you have to believe what I want you to believe, and this is what I say? When did we become that? That's not us. That's not us. That's not us. We need to change. And the times are moving. America is going to look very different in a few years. And what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? The minority will become the majority. By 2044, not a few days in, that's like 2044 is probably about 28 years from now. Right? 24 to 28 years from now. Do the math. Right? America is going to become the minority. The minority Minorities will control, that will become the majority. Do you know how it's going to be broken down? 30% will be, what, Hispanic. 13% will be black. And the rest will be a mess, a mashup of other ethnicities, ethnic groups. 54% of America will be made up of minorities by 2044. Think about that. So between now and 2044, what's going to ensue? Are we still going to be less tolerant? Guess what? As you strive to fight to keep your little part of your known universe, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be left behind. Because what you will find is that to make money, you have got to change. There are some parts of America right now that are dying. Some suburban communities are dying. There's nobody living there. They can't sell a house out there. People don't want to live that far. They want to be connected to the mainstream. They don't want to stand out. So the communities where people are exclusive, those are few and far between. They enforce rigid standards of acceptance. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. And if you don't believe me how ridiculous that is, Just watch and see what happens in 10 years. It might not take 10 years. Whether I like it or not, change came to my life. When I had to face divorce, my life changed, friends. I had to run away from a house in a suburban neighborhood behind a gated community because change had come. It was irrevocable. I didn't like it. I didn't agree with it. I just had to accept it because failure to accept was going to render me incapable of surviving and living. I had to work with it. Otherwise, I would have lost my mind. It's like being in two places. Oh, my God, physically you're here. Oh, my God, mentally you're over there. It will drive you crazy because you have to deal with the realities of the physical space and time. I know there are plenty of people who would love to go back to that era of Nazism. When Hitler thought he had the right idea. I know there are plenty of people who would think that that's the right way. There are plenty of people who probably think they should go back to slavery, the enslavement of black people. But that was the wrong idea, and time has has proven that. So what are you going to do? Are you going to move with the times? That's what the war between the North and the South was about. 
the northern people were saying it's time to move forward and think different. And the southern people were like, I want to stick to this. I want to hold on to it. Until they were rendered irrelevant. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a whole set of dichotomy there. There's a whole set of, there are other dynamics included in that, but that's an analogy that you, everyone, I think, can draw some parallels from. And it's the same thing with faith. There are some forms of Islam that are very fundamental in practice. The Islam that is practiced here in this part of the world, in the Western world, in America and Canada, is very different from Islam that is practiced in more traditional Muslim countries, believe it or not. It's a modified version that is practiced here. The people who come from other parts of the world, when they come here, they are told that they have to inculcate into this new form of Islamism. Look at our Christianity. Look at faith in in the Christian world. We're still doing the same things 400 years later and people walking out of the church like, I don't even feel anything anymore. I don't even know if this is relevant because we won't change. Because the world has changed. Thoughts have changed. People have evolved in their thoughts, whether I agree with it or not, whether I like it or not. As much as I have gone around Michigan and have gone into into pockets of Michigan and I listen to people, I begin, I develop a healthy acceptance for how people believe. This is what they believe. I respect it and I leave it. That's what you believe. I'm not out here to tear you down. I'm not out here to say this. I'm like, this is what you believe. Are, you're, are, are they killing anybody? No, nope. they're not hurting anyone. They're not hurting children. They just believe in a pure form. This is what they believe. They believe in family. They believe in God. They believe that we should love one another and practice. Okay. Just because I disagree with you, does not mean that I hate you. Doesn't mean that I have to hate you. Do you see what I'm saying? And all I'm saying is, if we ourselves here in America, and I, sh- I, I, I'm done with this. I shut down. If we ourselves do not practice a form of religious tolerance for others, how are we going to expect the rest of the world to view us and accept us when we trap? When we go to other parts of the world, how do you expect they're going to greet us if we ourselves can't be tolerant of other people's religious practices? I, th- these folks, whether they were Mormons or not, that's what they believe. That's what they were doing. Were they killing children? Were they raping children? Let's find out. Were they hurting children, trafficking children, killing other people? Let's find out. But if they weren't and they were just a group of people driving through another Mexico, then why did you kill them? Much like here, we have a young woman who is an Islam, she, she, uh, she believes in Islam. She wears her religious headdress. That's what she believes. The Constitution says it's okay for her to do that. Why are we tearing her down? Leave her. Let her be. That's what she believes. Just because I don't agree with it, I don't agree with what she says, But I accept it because I want her to tolerate my belief. My belief runs counter to what she believes. But I'm not going to stand here and fight her. I don't want her to fight me either. We've got to learn to be more accepting. The country has changed, y'all. 
2044 is right around the corner. You know, you and I will still be alive, right? God willing. We'll still be alive in 28 years. I plan to be. I plan to be here for a while. Right? We're still going to be alive. The country has irrevocably changed. In fact, all around the country, school districts have changed, especially in the southern part of the country, in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, California, Florida. The country has changed irrevocably. That's the new majority. What are you going to do? That's what social scientists are telling. These are the facts. They're undeniable because it exists. Whether we agree or like it or not, we have to move forward. You love this country? You like what it represents? You like being free? Like when I'm done with this broadcast, I'm free. I can do whatever I want, go out where I want. You like that? Well, you have to learn to accept that other people might not believe as you do. So they're not going to hurt you. You're not going to hurt them. Let's live. Find a way to treat each other well. We have bigger issues, y'all. We have issues of water affordability. We have issues of inequity in energy. We have wildfires running through California right now that is showing a distinctive gap in income and wealth. Right there in Silicon Valley, there's a distinctive gap in what people can afford in affordable housing. I don't even know what that is anymore, affordable housing, as compared to people who can spend millions of dollars at their whim on a house of their dreams. We have bigger problems to worry about. We have a nation of people who are getting sicker. We have diseases that sometimes they don't even know what to think or how to treat stuff. We have a bankrupt system that is, it doesn't even know what drugs are on the market. There's so many drugs on the market. Some of them should not be there. They're killing people more than they're healing people. We have way bigger issues to worry about. Here in Michigan, we have so much water. For every gallon of water that a Michigander uses, 288 gallons fall from the sky. We're like, hey, hold it up. <laughs> Some days we're like, dude, no, no, no more rain. Please, dear God, no more rain today. Whereas other parts of the country are dry and parched. California has been dry. Some of the Central Valley in California has been dry for more than 100 years. The water, there's no water table anymore in California. The whole place can, can destruct and fall because they don't have a water table to support an ecosystem anymore. We have way bigger issues than worrying about somebody's religious belief and somebody's religious stars. We have way bigger issues. We have population that is growing exponentially. We have to look at what's happening in our urban areas. People are more comfortable living in urban areas. That means what? Natural resources are going to dry up. And people have jobs, not careers. They can't find sustainable living. These are the issues of our time. People are living longer and are, after a certain age, cannot take care of themselves. What are we going to do about that? Gone are the days when we were a society that was more cohesive, where people could, you know, parents and grandparents, the children live down the street. No, no, they live way across the country. So there are more people who are alone and are older and the trend keeps going that way. We have way bigger issues to worry about. 
than the issues of somebody wearing a hijab or somebody who is a Mormon or somebody who practices some other form of, of, of Christianity. We need to focus on the issues that matter. Right? Right? Thank you so much for your contribution. Join me again on Down to Earth with Harriet Kimmick. This is a show in which we talk about the issues that matter. Go to my website, HarrietKimmick.com, as well as this is a listener-supported broadcast. So go to the ExodusFoundation.com, make a donation to help us continue to keep this program on the air. And as usual, for those of you who haven't done so yet, download and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you have a Google phone, go in your Google Play Store, look for Google Podcasts, and look for me, Down to Earth with Harriet Kimmick. You want me to spell that for you? H-A-R-R-I-E-T-C-A-M-M-O-C-K. Kimmick. You can't miss it. I'm probably one of the few people in the world. Some time ago, somebody told me I'm the only person in the world with the name Harriet Kimmick. Harriet Kimmick. Right? Look for me on your favorite podcast platform. Download and subscribe. We talk about this stuff because this is some good stuff, right? It helps all of us to overcome our own instinctive fears and irrational expectations of people whom we don't recognize or whom we don't see any commonalities or similarities with. People are people are people. The world is changing. Let's change with it, right? Be blessed, everybody. Thanks so much. Be blessed, everybody. Thanks for your contribution. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.